Welcome, dear listener, to the Weird Sisters podcast, a place of magic, whimsy, and imagination. I'm Emma. And I'm Kate. And we are your witchy hosts for the evening. Settle in and join us, please, for a delightful evening of laughter, magic, and conversation at the Twilight Emporium. Have you got the key? Because I definitely, I'm not sure I have it. Oh, uh, hang on. Can, oh, can you hold this um this box for me quickly? I, I brewed up some more yeah. potions, but hang on. I need to. Okay. Oh, here's the key. Is it supposed to be this hot? It's very hot. Okay. It's hot. Yes, because we need to. Yeah, it's uh, the, the box is very hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very hot. <laughs> Let's get inside, shall we? Yes. I love. Uh, should we I'm get the kettle on? for some tea, I'm... can I just say? Well, now that we've got our tea, uh, should we settle down in our chairs? Because it's it's twilight now in the Emporium and there's no customers right now. Why don't we just have a nice chat and a lovely cup of tea? Does that sound nice? Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm going to have one of our uh, adorable little kitties on my lap here that I'm oh, not allergic to. And thanks for your <laughs> brilliant anti-allergy spell. I love that you developed that. Oh, that was oh, so I important. Need some kitty cuddles. That was so important. And your sneezes were quite frightening. I mean, <laughs> that, it was... That is true. <laughs> my whole family can attest to <laughs> I mean, we lost a window. It was getting to me a worry. <laughs> The glazing bell was going through the roof. Um, so I'm really glad that works. I'm really good. And actually, while we are here, why don't we why don't we just go through some of our new products that we're going to put in the Emporium this week? The Twilight Emporium for all of your magical needs. Product that you're gonna. That you're going to really push to the old customers this week. Oh, so I'm so Emporium. excited about this one. Okay, this is the um, mm. a new potion. It's the go by oh, in a flash potions. potion because we've all had these meetings that it literally it could have been a memo. It could have been like a one or two sentence memo, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, three hours later, you're still hearing the same people yeah. talk over and over again about, and nothing's mm. been decided. But with this this potion, oh, it's just like okay, blink of an eye, blink of an eye, the whole meeting. Wonderful. Yes. It's just, it's gone, and and those three useful words are still hanging in the air, and and it's as if you just had a little nap. It's wonderful. The whole yeah. time you can't refresh. Oh, that's. I think that's going to be a real asset to our customers and probably our listeners, um, who I hope will consider uh, using the Twilight Emporium for their witchy needs. The Twilight Emporium. For all of your magical needs. Um, I'm going to advertise the cuddle tea. I, I think it's pretty predictable that I would advertise cuddle tea. Uh, I love cuddling. This makes you feel like you're sitting on the lap of the cuddliest bear and you're just getting the warmest squeeze and, and you know that you are just loved and appreciated 
and it's as if you're just you're just having it's how chocolate tastes is how you'll feel oh that sounds amazing there's so many nights where i'm like i just needed a cuddle yeah. i just need a nice cuddle and like yeah honestly the amount of dates that we go on just because we need a cuddle you know and honestly do we get what we need no we don't so get what you need with cuddle tea and that's i think that's oh, going to be my slogan that. get what you need with cuddle tea <laughs> perfect it's perfect i'll write that on a little sign and i'll put it so that the customers can see because we do like to rotate our products with the seasons and i think at the yuletide um it's important to to feel loved and cuddled I think that yeah, that's incredibly important. Yeah. yeah, so those are those are the highlighted products, and and I think for our listener out there in the, in the wilderness, somewhere in a cabin, I'm imagining on a mountain, you know, cranking the old the old listening device and and scanning the airwaves, <laughs> and somehow they they grab us and they're out there. So, listener, I hope you're okay. Please stay warm and cozy. And um, and consider popping into the Twilight Emporium because we're we're always here for all of our customers and for our listener. I think that's that's wonderful. Um, we're here if you, we're here if you need a little verbal cuddle. We can do that yes, for you. a verbal cuddle. That's a lovely idea. Oh, maybe we should maybe we should think about that as a product. I think that's that's something we should we maybe work put, on that. we yeah. can put that on our brainstorming broom that would be a good one just hang <laughs> that on the broom and just think that's one we'll come back to yeah i love that i love all of the all of our products i'm so proud of but we don't just want to talk about products we want to talk about all sorts of wonderful things um and if you're interested as i would imagine listener um you are we are going to be hosting Owl of the Month competitions on our Weird Sisters Emporium Instagram, which Kate will tell you all about at the end of the episode. But uh, if you feel like dropping by and giving us your opinion on which owl you personally prefer, um, we'd love to hear from you. Now, please enjoy Witchy Words of Wisdom. With Emma and Kate. Um, so this this is something that some people may have seen because I think it went viral online at one point. But I'm always late to viral trends, so I hadn't seen it before, and I thought it was very interesting. Is one word? Um, so this is advice from uh, a nineteen, I think it's nineteen fifty eight McCall's on for women who want to find a, a partner. Um, I think, I mean, at that time it would have been, you know, husband hunting. Um, but some of, so I just, I thought it'd be fun to talk Ladies. over some of these things because <laughs> some of it is actually still decent. And then some of it is, um, well, we'll see. We'll see what you think of some of these Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited. So the first suggestion get a dog and walk it. And I'm like, that's actually. That's still solid advice because a you get you get a dog. I think which, that's like, excellent advice. That's a plus. You yeah. get exercise, and that's like ninety nine percent of the relationship that you're looking for. You're gonna yeah. get in that dog, so you might find that that's the step that don't you need. need to worry about you know, the rest get of a it. dog. Yeah, um, but then yeah, and it also keeps unwanted yeah. folk away which i think is also really good um, but then yeah maybe yeah. you would meet somebody like at the that. dog park who knows okay the second one 
Um, the second piece nice. of advice is have your car break down at strategic places. <laughs> now, I've had some concerns about this. One. That's assuming. <laughs> that's assuming a lot of knowledge about cars like, that I certainly don't possess. So you're supposed to strand yourself somewhere, like on the moors, and hope that the nutter that picks you up is, is the love and of I your life. Think, I love how they like, say. <laughs> mechanics or something if you they, want yeah. is mechanics what the hunting for I love for? how they say have your if car breakdown as if this is something you could just <laughs> say hey car <laughs> why don't you break Press down right now button. for me this <laughs> this feels very bewitched like there's a button that you can just like flick up and go like and the car will just like helpfully break but not really break down it'll break down in a comical way with like things smoke coming out and exhausted. either you have to have enough car knowledge to like know how to break it down and make it look good or you don't do anything to it and you just look like an idiot when somebody comes along and tries to start it for you and it yeah. works perfectly and they're like, did you try just turning the key, moron? <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're going to make a great impression. Because it implies as well that men are attracted to people who don't know how to do things, which I think is not the case. Um, I think most people are attracted to competent one people. One would hope. So competency is very attractive. <laughs> I think competence, competency is an extremely attractive um, thing to have. I don't particularly, yeah, I can't quite imagine myself. Oh, doing I will straight that. up. I, Somehow, break, broken down I will straight up say I have a competency football. kink. If a man is competent, it is hot. <laughs> I will put that out there. Um, but I love the whiplash of these two suggestions. All right, so then. <laughs> get a dog it's very like, what, where's the dog is the dog in the car like is it a hot day we know that's not safe like I'm really concerned about this dog now because she doesn't sound like she's really ready for dog oh, ownership it's like I think the responsibility of dog ownership might be too much for him. You might need to re-own the you dog just first. Something I hadn't even considered <laughs> that women may have started like going through this list and doing everything that they suggested instead of taking <laughs> Oh my god, now I'm picturing this woman who's like, this. Step this one, step by step. Dog, step two, breakdown part. <laughs> And the dog's sitting there like, oh my again. god, Karen, what are you thinking? This is, unless you want to have sex with a mechanic, love, you're not getting anywhere. Like, the only person that's picking you up is a tow truck. What are you thinking? Is that who you're looking for? I mean, no dissing tow truck people, but they're not notoriously sexy. <laughs> oh god, now, now we're going to have the tow truck community being like, wait a second. <laughs> Where's our love? Oh, in arms. You're, you're all beautiful and sexy. Be we, we think you're wonderful. We love you, tow truck community. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, it was a cheap <laughs> shot. I regret taking it. Okay, so so moving on. Um, so another piece of advice was join a yeah. hiking club. Again, that's mm. solid. Like you get outdoors. Hiking club. You get yeah. to like enjoy nature, so you get meet yeah. people with common interests. Like love I that. thought that was solid. Next. Next one. Good. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right, next one. <laughs> I can't even get out. Look in the census reports for places with the most single men. 
<laughs> so their, their sample is Namada, which I guess at the time had 125 <laughs> males for every 100 females. <laughs> so you're supposed to pull up the census report. <laughs> you're supposed to do some calculations on the statistics. <laughs> Statistically, you're most likely. Move where you think there's going to be the most men. No, I I do feel like this has quite a few flaws in it. Number Uh, one, wouldn't everybody just end up in Alaska? Like literally, wouldn't everybody end up in Alaska? That's for me. There's so many more men than women. It's like. And no, not everybody would like all the single women are going to end. Like, if all the women did this, then wouldn't that change the proportion of men to women? It really would. And it implies that your whole being is centered around, like, just find it. Like, how are you going to live? Like, are you going to get a job in Nevada? Is there a lot of work there? What's the climate like? Do you have a support system? Like, it doesn't feel like that woman is being held. I mean, especially given some of the previous choices. What about the hiking group? They're going to be so sad. Like, don't go to Nevada, they'll say. There's no hiking there. It's boiling hot. It's a desert. You'll die. (laughs) But as you said before, as you said before, this poor woman, she's gotten a dog. She broke down her car. She's doing a hiking group, and now she's supposed to move? Like, that's... She was building a life. (laughs) What about her tow truck driver? (laughs) (laughs) She's supposed to move to the desert. I feel like it's getting more desperate. <laughs> what about Brad, the tow truck driver? We play chess every Wednesday. Like, it's very fulfilling for them. The dog has become like, a real part of her life. In the hiking group, you know? What are they going to feel when she leaves? There's been so much intimacy there. And now, and it feels like more and more desperate. Like, get a dog, break down your car, and open. Some kind of <laughs> hero stuff, and then join a hiking group, and then move to the desert. It just feels like it's spiraling. It's just like I don't know. Move to the desert. That's what men are. Like, why are all these men in the desert? And the reason there's no women there is because it's a desert. They don't want to go. It's horrible. <laughs> they don't want to go in the desert. Wow. And I don't think I, I do want really want to know. I don't think I want the man who went to the desert. I don't think I'm attracted to him. <laughs> I do I really want to know how they wrote this. If it was one person who was sitting there trying to brainstorm, or if it was like a committee of like presumably oh men who were making this decision. It was one hundred percent a fifty year old man. It was one hundred percent a man who's been married for thirty years. What was there's two male children that's no clue and sandra gave it to him and said you do this and he was like all right i don't know get a dog <laughs> i hear there's a lot of guys in the desert <laughs> wow there'll be more advice from the witches next episode and now badass babes of mythology So, Kate, I would like to share with you in this wonderful mythology of badass babes of mythology, um, an Icelandic giant who is very cool and is a lady called Gryla. 
She's the Christmas witch of Iceland. And, Ooh. you know, we've heard of Krampus and we've heard of like the scare, some of the other scaries, but she's, she's very cool. And she oh, is much cooler than Krampus because she's a lady. So um, I'm reading an article, uh, I think it's the Smithsonian about it. And I'm just going to read sort of a little bit of what it says. This tough ogress lives in a cave in Iceland's hinterlands. The matriarch of a family of strange creatures launching attacks on nearby townships, snatching up misbehaving children and turning them into delicious stew. <laughs> so, um, so that's Gryla, who's the lady who'll eat your toes if you don't know as you're told. She sounds which I think amazing. Is amazing. <laughs> She's very, very cool. And apparently it was sort of an oral story that got written down in the 13th century as a lot of sort of sagas and ballads did at that time. Um, and apparently she has 15 tails, um, a bag on her back, a sword, a knife in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of children who cry for meat during Lent. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so those naughty children who say, gosh, I fancy a sausage <laughs> during the month of April are getting slaughtered by Gryla. And I mean, it's hard to argue, you know, budgets are tight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to encourage her to reprioritize who she goes after these days. You know, might, might I suggest this, such uh, a good an occasional point. billionaire for her, her, for her That's palette? That's great. She might enjoy Why don't we have that? I think Gryla would, Elon Musk would just be a lovely little, a, a pair of teeth. You know, for her, she could crunch his bones up. That's such a good point. I think we need to reactivate some of these badass babes, but we need to reactivate them in the right way. Like, I would love to see Gryla on Wall Street, for example. <laughs> that would be perfect. Because <laughs> I think there's a lot of naughty children who eat meat during lunch in that situation. <laughs> I, I would love it. I love how it's. Maybe we need to do a ritual um, where we ask her yes. to maybe pursue people who Gryla. are uh, quote-unquote yeah. stealing meat in the sense of profits yeah. um, that they're they're taking That's from such a good um, way of looking at Americans. it. Yeah. I love that. I think that Gryla would very much enjoy uh, examining the economic imbalance of uh, Western economies. I think she would have some thoughts. I definitely agree. I think that's some sausage eat. eaters. Yes, and she'd get to <laughs> and, eat and so much more than eat. just like being and stuck on land. Right. Like, let that go. And I, th like, I think that's yeah. yeah you're I think you're right. I think Grana's, Grana's been she's been absorbing some limiting beliefs around her power and about <laughs> her identity. Her <laughs> to expand yeah. her, her world. Yeah, yeah. You're like Grana. Honestly, you know, kids during Lent, great, but you're a big girl. And you need a big meal <laughs> yes. to satisfy you because she deserves that. Love to eat. You don't, you know, intuitive eating. You don't need to have a framework. You can just go with your instincts. And and I think that someone with forty tails would would enjoy macking on a bunch of billionaire 
school bags. Can I say, eventually. I am, I'm very jealous. I don't want 40 tails. That might be a bit too much, mm. but I'd like at least like one or two tails because so often Same. my hands are full and I just need like a little prehensile yeah. tail assistant. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I would like to see her in action with 40 tails. That would, that's gotta be impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, um, <laughs> There was lots of poems, very long poems written about her and her husband. Um, she ate one of her husbands when she got bored with him. In some ways, she's the first feminist in Iceland. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I define feminism as murdering your partner. Like, I'm not sure that's that's how I say, oh, well, now she's a murderer, so it's all right. I think that we can do better than that. I'm not sure well, I can call that feminism. <laughs> Uh, especially t- taking him out for being boring. I mean, it's it's not great, but but there's much worse things that people can do. You know, I actually would encourage people to be boring. People aren't boring enough. <laughs> they have way too many fancy ideas. They need to settle down. Or was the he's too boring just the excuse that she used? <laughs> so, so She's like, I don't know. He, he was boring. boring. <laughs> I know I ate him. I don't remember why. And, you know, it's hard to argue with Grylon because, you know, she might eat you. But I, yeah, I, I don't know that I would categorize <laughs> murder. If I drink your partner as feminism. However, I really, I think maybe we might want to get some Gryla-related merchandise in the shop because I feel after this we're going to get a lot of, of requests. Gryla-related. <laughs> 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 so maybe some statues, you know, maybe some some teeth for crunching i would love a tail i would i think it would stop me falling over i think that's why i fall over all the time is that that it would would actually yeah i think it would be a balancing thing because i trip over myself constantly I, I, do want, I walk into things quite a bit too where I feel like the tail oh, I can same. use it as like a little yeah, ahead yeah. of me just a buffer <laughs> I just need a bubble around me I think that's what I need The Witchin Forecast Looking ahead to the witching week you should expect bursts of energy, followed by a strong desire to attach to the sofa. Follow that instinct. Yule is trying to tell you this is a time of replenishment, rest and coziness. So take time to look after yourself in whatever way that works for you. Take care, witches, and look after yourselves. What's in your cauldron with Kate? <laughs> you sound like a news correspondent over to you. Um, Jane Cauldron. I love your I love your broadcast voice. So you always when you get into your announcer tone, it's just like oh, it's like it it does feel like a cuddle when you talk. It's oh, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> so um, well, yeah. Since this is so, my family does celebrate Christmas, even though we're agnostic. Yay. We because uh, it's all about the being together and family. Present. 
Um, so I, I actually put together a lasagna yesterday. I do mm. a, a wonderful, it's become kind of a tradition. I do a vegetable lasagna for New Year's Eve. Um, which, yeah, I just, uh, it's like, it takes a lot of work ahead of time, but then in the moment, it's easy. I love it. Sounds delicious. I am a big advocate of like whatever you can do ahead, but I will also say like ordering your dinner completely valid, like not mm. having to do it all yourself or being able to like share it among multiple people. Like so many people take it all on themselves. So many women take it all on themselves mm. and it's like do, do whatever makes it easier for you. I'm going to advocate for that. So I always do Christmas Eve dinner. My mom does Christmas Day dinner. So we share oh, it. Um, and then... Uh, Oh, I made a couple. I made a couple of cookies. We're keeping cookies simple, but again, my mom did too. I did too. So we're sharing the the load. Ooh, um, so I did a chocolate peppermint uh, chocolate oh. mint cookie, and Ooh. then uh, like a cream cheese uh, cookie. So that um, I can actually link cream to the recipes cheese. for both of those because they're really good. That sounds um, delicious. They're amazing and they're pretty simple. Um, so yeah, again, it wasn't a huge, huge workload. Um, so yeah, recipes I, on Instagram. I think that would be good. Yeah, Ooh, we should put a Pinterest together. Yes, we can do that. Absolutely, mm, that's um, a good idea. Yeah, so just trying to like yeah keep in with the holiday spirit, but it's you know so much lately. I like the energy for cooking is not um, super within me <laughs> these days. Yeah, so. that's fair. So That's I do, fun. I do advocate for like, yeah, the holidays can get really overwhelming. And so whatever makes your life easier, whatever you can buy that's already prepared, like super valid, super okay. Going out to a restaurant to eat, super valid, super okay. Uh, yeah. I would, I would also recommend putting um, some Floridex into your cauldron, which is a, a tonic that is very available, but is a plant-based tonic that is really, really good for restoration and rejuvenation as well as just sort of keeping you healthy. It's a, it gives you iron and things like that, but it's very absorbable. So I would recommend Floridex. Uh, we are not sponsored, but I would love to be sponsored by Floridex. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> Being sponsored by a tonic that's like an iron tonic from a hundred years ago. A manifest it, put it out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's probably time for for me to read a little bit of a story. What do you think? Yeah, while you do that, I'm going to go, uh, the owls haven't been fed yet, oh, so no. I'm going to go take care of them. You take such um, good care of them. And some of the them. other critters we have around. We, we have a sure lot of all, critters. All okay. Yeah, those, yeah, you look after those owls so beautifully. They are wonderful. Oh, I, I love them so much. And they love oh, you. They're my, they're, oh. <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna I I may you know I'm gonna go feed them, but also there's gonna be some scratches involved, oh, some little of course. head scratches. Of course. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, I think I I will read our listener a little bedtime story, and uh, and then we will see them all next time. Uppington on Marshland by the Sea had a witch problem. Or rather, they had an overabundance of witches, something that some citizens were happy about, whereas others worried for the moral integrity of the town. 
Uppington on Marshland by the Sea was a town sited exactly over several intersecting ley lines, causing, to the denial of no one, an overabundance of magical energy under and around the town. This caused all sorts of havoc, the kind of havoc that citizens notice and complain about. Kittens suddenly turning into tigers, lampshades morphing into moths, the kind of thing that polite society doesn't tolerate at all. Especially not when the vicar is visiting and has to leave due to his salmon sandwich being stolen by a rogue but quite bitey teddy bear that suddenly came to life in the front parlour. The citizens of Uppington-on-Marshland-by-the-Sea came together to discuss this troublesome issue at the local town hall. Ladies in large skirts were packed in next to tradesmen and their families. So large was the crowd in attendance. Voices were vexed and shrill until the gavel was brought down and the mayor stood officially at the official podium and began the meeting. Officially. Good citizens of Uppington on Marshland by the sea, we are here today to discuss a matter of great seriousness affecting our peaceful community. A hush fell over the crowd as the mayor spoke, although some of the older members of the community raised their eyebrows at the use of the word peaceful. Most towns have stories about the day a dog came to school or sheep stopped traffic in the middle of town. In Uppington on Marshland by the sea, a giant squid had once crawled out of the sea and attempted to swallow a large omnibus packed with sightseers. This was the kind of thing the citizens very rarely spoke about, but they all knew. They knew that there were certain nights where it was unadvisable to be out and about in and around the town. There were unexplained disappearances, not just of people, but of whole buildings. Some of the older generation remembered the confusion caused when the post office disappeared for an entire month. Fortunately, it was found round the back of the coach and horses, and as it seemed to be a useful and convenient location, the town left it where it was. Recently, though, things had progressed. Barely a week went by without a maid running screaming into the street, claiming ghostly hauntings or objects being flung about. Paperboys reported having their bundles of papers thrown back at them without any evidence of the perpetrators in sight. And as for what was happening to the plants at the botanical gardens, well, it just wasn't decent. Seeing the town in silent expectation gave the mayor a small thrill, even as a cold feeling expanded in his stomach. Truthfully, he had no solution. How could he... What solution could there be for such strange and arcane happenings? Clearing his tightening throat, he began again. Citizens, we are gathered here today to try to find a solution to the unique problem our town seems to be afflicted with. Murmurs of affirmation hissed around the room as people immediately began whispering to one another. Coughing to regain calm, the mayor continued... Inflicted, we most certainly are, with what can only be described as unearthly calamities. Although our town has weathered these storms before, I think we can all agree that things have become challenging more recently. 
An immediate hubbub burst into life as people began exclaiming about their own occult occurrences. I opened a bottle of milk this morning and when I poured it on my cereal, it was all just frogs. They hopped off under the kitchen door and I had not so much of a sniff of milk for my tea. The red face of Mr Hobson, the local butcher, was boiling with indignation. Everyone knew that a man's home was his castle. But how could a man feel comfortable in his castle could be breached by milky white frogs compromising his morning sustenance? Mrs Willikins, a lady who took care of both literal and metaphorical laundry in the town, stood up and called out that her husband was turned into a miniature hippopotamus for the whole bank holiday weekend. Although she hadn't actually minded in the end, because while wallowing outside, he actually dug over the vegetable beds accidentally, something she'd been asking him to do for weeks. More stories populated the air, voices becoming louder and angrier as people reminded one another of just how cross they were about this. Luckily, even if they forgot to be cross, there were people around to remind them that being cross was their civic duty. How would anything improve for the better if no one bothered to get cross about things? The general consensus was not well. Not well at all. As the room became filled to the rafters with angry voices, the mayor considered using his gavel again to contain the confusion, but suddenly there was a voice right next to his ear saying, I have something I'd like to say. Although it felt as though the person was right next to him, the mayor could see that he was alone on the podium. Finding no other sensible way to react, he instead banged his gavel hard until the room fell once more into expectant silence. Opening his mouth without any idea of what he was going to say, the mayor was keenly aware of the denizens of the town watching him with raw expectation. But before he had time to become too concerned, a voice seemed to be in the air around him. A voice that was not his own. Words emerged from the air and were transported instantly into his own mind and mouth. Citizens, he cried out, unnecessarily because everyone was already providing him with that undivided attention. Citizens, he repeated, Again, unnecessarily, but the familiar word made him feel momentarily more assured and confident. We are all aware of the troubles our town is afflicted with. We all know that the location of our wonderful home is charged with magical energy. A murmur rustled around the room, and the mayor himself was surprised to hear these words coming out of his mouth. Nonetheless, he continued, I have been made aware of a proposal that may solve many of the issues we currently have. Have I? thought the mayor to himself, but the voice in his mind assured him that he most assuredly had. It was on his desk right now, in fact. On my desk, at this moment, is a proposal to build an educational facility where those who understand these forces can channel and control them, absorbing, if you will, the excess that is causing endless trouble for all of us. The mayor was listening to his own words in rapt attention. 
as surprised as any of the citizens watching him so keenly. As he listened, his eyes scanned the crowd for any sign of where this admittedly helpful but probably arcane voice was coming from. At the back of the hall, shrouded in a dark cloak that cast her face into shadow, stood a woman. Although the town hall was packed with residents, a clear space existed around her, as though she was stood inside a bubble that no one could penetrate. The mayor knew instantly that this was the source of the voice, and as he continued to speak, he watched the woman in the cloak as though he was spellbound. Tight, dark curls tinted with silver streaks peeked out from under the heavy hood. A smile tugged at the corners of the pink mouth he could see moving, mirroring the words that emerged in his mind, fully formed and ready to be spoken. The island of Midbridge sits at the centre of the river, equidistant between both sides of town. An educational establishment has been proposed and this site has been requested. As there is no other use or purpose for this land currently before the council, I recommend that we accept this proposal forthwith. The mayor was very surprised at this development and continued to listen carefully to the words that appeared out of his mouth, as if by magic? The college will be self-sustaining enterprise. Students can live and work there, but there will also be benefits to the town. Everyone will need food, clothing, and there will be construction opportunities for local trades and businesses. An excited murmur ran around the town. In a small town like this, construction opportunities were few and far between, and there were many livelihoods reliant on trade. The ears of grocers, bakers and candlestick makers all perked up also. Students liked to work by candlelight, everyone knew that, and they certainly enjoyed a well-made pie or two. By welcoming this college, we will be attracting the right kind of practitioner, as opposed to the rogue elements that seem to be drawn here at the moment. The mayor trailed off for a moment as the murmuring grew louder and people agreed vigorously. The scars of Lobster Day could still be found on the roadways of the town after approximately 4,000 lobsters walked out of the ocean one day. An investigation led to a rogue, warlock, who was staying in a bed and breakfast on the seafront and had been offended by the excessive price of a lobster sandwich the previous day. The proprietor of the college assures me that they will take upon themselves the policing of that type of person, freeing up significant public resources that are currently feeling an enormous strain. Again, the crowd nodded in deep agreement. Although a free fish supper is not to be sniffed at, the smell of decomposing lobster created a toxic, fishy fugue over the town that took weeks to fully dissipate. I couldn't even hang out my laundry, expressed Mrs Willikins angrily. And it's not the first time neither. Remember the rain of moths last April? I can't even tell you how much soaking it took to get rid of all them stains. Other business owners called out their own stories of woe and calamity, again filling the hall with noise and emotions. 
as the mayor opened his mouth to call order again, the figure was suddenly standing next to him. Without speaking, she put a gentle hand on his arm, and he knew it was time to step aside. He felt relieved in truth. This issue was far outside of his normal capacities, and he simply wanted his town to be as close to normal as it could possibly be. The room fell silent as the crowd regarded the stranger with curiosity. The cloaked figure stood at the front of the hall, her cloak falling to the floor and pooling over her shoes. Friends. The word hung in the air like a note struck from a bell. I am Jessamine Nordlander, and I will be the proprietor of the new college. Saying this, the stranger pulled back the hood of her cloak to reveal a pale and smiling face surrounded by a ricochet of black and silver spirals. Her green eyes twinkled brightly, a pale green that most people mistook for blue at first glance, but when they really looked at them, they were undeniably green. There was something about her face that led one to immediately know that her intentions were loving and kind. However, there was also a steely power within that felt immovable. This town sits on a special site, a place of magic. Her words were simple, but they had a profound effect on those listening. To speak out loud what had so long been whispered was unsettling and freeing. It felt as though a secret that had burdened them for so long was suddenly gone. By harnessing the power that lives here, I hope to reduce problems here and in the town and to encourage appropriate consideration by all people's using magical energies. The crowd murmured happily at this fancy-sounding term, not expending too much energy in dissecting the actual meaning behind it. By making magic part of the industry and economy of the town, you can all finally benefit. Yes, yes, the crowd murmured. We could do that. Yes, yes. Jessamine Nordlander nodded poised and calm for the excitement to die down before she continued instinctively in charge of the room. The school will help both to absorb the magic bubbling under the town and it will create income for the merchants as new students, teachers and other services come into being. The merchants nodded happily, hearing the clink of coins in their mind's ear accompanied by the high-pitched welcome of the shop-door bell. The merchants' wives, husbands and children also nodded happily, for they were all extremely invested in the potential of booming coffers. The truth was, without any major source of industry, without any particular tourist attractions or any natural resources they could pillage, the town was facing the possibility of becoming irrelevant, Many young people had already moved away as businesses failed to thrive and, in fact, fizzled out. The standard of education in the town was equally dire, with children barely learning the arithmetic they needed to work in their parents' businesses, let alone inherit. Shop fronts had fallen silent, houses were closed up, and the town had the feeling of a place 
where the heart had gone out of it. What about our kids? called out a creaky-voiced bystander from the back of the room. Our kids won't be getting able to get learning from there, so how will it help us? A murmur went round the room at the barked question, but they were also interested in the answer. Rather than appear startled or annoyed, Jessamine Nordlander smiled gently, nodding as if she understood entirely the concerns and knew exactly what to do. As it turned out, she did know exactly what to do, hence the quiet confidence. You are right, casual bystander. A small smile tugged at her lips, but she continued evenly, with a voice that seemed to hang around at the edges, as if it were a bell that was struck and the resonance could still be heard once the note was no longer being played. This enterprise can only work if all benefit... It is of no use to have those who have at the expense of others. Magic requires balance. It requires understanding the moving of delicate but powerful forces, as well as finding those who have magical talent in the town. A wall of excited murmuring rose and fell like a wave at this thought, each parent wondering if any of their children might have the talent. Continuing over the dying hubbub, Jessamine Nordlander said, There will be no fees for any person from this town who wishes to take up instruction at the college. In addition, it is my intent that no person should live without what they need in this town. Balance is only possible when the forces are equal. That includes the lives of those who surround the college and aid in its success. The silence that followed was leaden, but Ms. Nordlander stood again with the same patient smile, the same confident glow that she had assumed from the first moment she entered their lives. After a few breaths, the room exploded into excited conversations, each layering over the other, twisting and turning inside and out. The townspeople were staggered by what they heard, They certainly did not live in a world where such thoughts were openly discussed. However, whom among them had not wondered if the world could be a better place? Some of the wealthier residents were more anxious, and as a consequence, quite loud. But the soon-to-be headmistress simply stood calmly and waited for the room to become somewhat still again. The details are many and complex she said, her voice a balm on the worried residents. But they do not all need a solution today. I commit to regular consultations with the town council and the esteemed mayor. The council members and the mayor all sat up a little straighter at this, enjoying their proximity to this fascinating person in their midst, as I also commit to supporting, protecting and enhancing the well-being of all who reside here. Although a simple assurance, the townspeople found themselves calmed and reassured. They were also, something that was quite a new feeling, they were excited. For the first time, in as long as anyone could remember, something was happening. A new college, a new quite fascinating residence, 
and the promise of more to come. Sensing the meeting had come to an end, they bustled out of the hall, casting curious glances at Ms Nordlander, but not yet daring to approach. Feeling that it was his ceremonial duty, the mayor waited to speak to the grand lady, Mano a womano. Although his mind was buzzing with questions, when caught in her calm and steady green-eyed gaze, his mind was suddenly quite empty. Ms. Uh, Nordlander? Um, that was... <laughs> well, I mean, yes. Yeah, quite something. <laughs> I, um... Reaching out her hands to enclose his, Ms. Nordlander looked deep into his eyes and smiled. Suddenly, the worries, the thoughts... And the fear just slipped away, like fog on a sunny morning. Mr. Mayor, I appreciate so much of your support in this significant endeavour. I am excited to work with you. I will be in touch shortly. With those smiling words, he was dismissed, happily heading out into the waiting crowd with a secretive smile and sense of importance he very much enjoyed. As the hall fell silent, Jessamine Nordlander waited quietly, wanting to be certain all had departed. With a laugh at the edge of her voice, she said quietly, You just couldn't help yourself, could you? Heavy wingbeats sounded as a large, glossy black raven flew down from the rafters at the back of the hall. Landing on Jessamine's shoulder, it cawed loudly once or twice, then spoke in a cracked but confident tone. In my experience, humans tend to need a nudge in the right direction every once in a while. Jessamine laughed wryly at her old friend's comment, knowing it to be very true. Making her way to a small door at the back of the hall, Jessamine could just be heard talking to her companion. I think this is going to be very... Very interesting. In response, the raven cawed and she laughed her bell laugh, closing the door behind her and leaving the hall to fall into dusty silence once more. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, we want to invite you all to come back to the Twilight Emporium whenever you have a chance to come visit us. We do also have an Instagram. It's uh, Weird Sisters Emporium. And weird is W-Y-R-D-S-I-S-T-E-R-S-E-M-P-O-R-I-U-M on Instagram. Uh, where, yeah, let us know what you're thinking, what you, uh, feedback. We always welcome feedback and uh, talk about owls because we love owls. <laughs> Owl talk. <laughs> Owl talk with Emma and Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Right, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs>